future of marketing is all about getting more granular, going from broad campaigns that are the same for everyone to campaigns that segment people into different groups to campaigns that target people individually. But that dynamic is easier said than done, and the way to make data work and to make AI work to tailor marketing to individual people is actually a pretty complicated problem. But there are a number of companies working on that problem, and that's the focus of our interview today. We interview Abhi Yadav, who's the CEO of Xylotech, uh, based in Boston, about how personalization and targeting in marketing will be achieved through artificial intelligence, including how that's being done today, how data is being used uh, and leveraged along with transaction information, CRM information, all, all sorts of data sources are being used to tailor messaging, as well as what those dynamics will look like into the future. What new sources of information, what new marketing norms will likely be the case as AI starts to creep its way into B2C and B2B marketing? Up he paints a pretty interesting future picture that I think will help people sort of crack open their minds as to what five years from now marketing could look like as AI becomes more and more the norm and as tailoring messaging becomes absolutely necessary for brands to win in the marketing landscape. Um, if you want a deeper view into what marketing looks like, make sure to check out our marketing consensus. If you click on the research tab on Tech Emergence or you type in marketing consensus into the search bar at techemergence.com, uh, you'll get to see the robust research that we did in this space. I think we had 53 AI and marketing executives who are building AI marketing companies talking about sort of which industries are likely to be transformed, what applications are going to be most transformative, which sort of applications in which industries are going to be popular or normal when it comes to the meshing of AI and marketing. Uh, that's probably the most robust research that we've certainly ever done in that space and maybe that has been done thus far in terms of the cutting edge startup ecosystem and where they're focusing their horsepower on overturning marketing. Again, that's marketing consensus at techemergence.com. Uh, but this interview, again, dives pretty deeply into specifically how data plays a role and what that looks like in terms of personalization and targeting for marketing. This was part of our AI in Boston ecosystem interview series. So I did this one in person at the Cambridge Innovation Center in Boston. It was a lot of fun to be able to visit Boston again and get this one rocking and rolling. I think Abi really brought the heat in terms of some useful insight for listeners. So without further ado, I'm Dan Fagella. This is AI and Industry. You're about to listen to Avi from Xylotech here on the podcast. So Avi, where I thought we'd start here is on this idea of dynamic cohorts. From being from the marketing world, you know, easy ways that you think about cohorts are, you know, people who've bought recently within a certain time period, people who've bought a certain kind of product or who are maybe from a certain geo region, okay, you can cut up cohorts. AI allows for different ways of parsing and pulling together groups and clusters of people to be treated in different ways. How does that process work in simple language? Sure. So I think segmentation has been around for years and we've been doing this and everyone else is doing this for years based on you know most primary way is recency frequency. Yep. Entry. yep. So they've been doing standard ad hoc segmentation product, but how do you keep up? How do you keep them alive and keep them as dynamic segment? So we have like five lenses, so we call them xylo lenses to maintain that. But more interesting part is 
is the horizontal cohorts, which are dynamic cohorts, we call them, which is basically like finding different patterns within the data. So for an example, Dan and Abhi, two very different demographic, very different tastes, very different geo, where we live, what we buy, yep. completely different. But the data just discovered that you and I is bought at least more than two times, two promo together, two SKU, very similar, and almost around the same time. So people like ourselves formed a new cohort. So how about a brand thinking to turn out and promo, which you know entails people like us? So because this behavior will do it again. This is just one example. But similarly, I'm sure there's you know the the data will keep throwing up or the machine would keep throwing up that you have these most attractive cohort to market tomorrow. These are the most attractive cohort from a lifetime value or profitability or you know different lenses. Even if you don't have a huge data scientist team, the machine assists you, but then it throws up to the marketing team basically pick and choose which cohort they find it interesting enough and utilize. And just out of curiosity here, in terms of what's possible today, I imagine there's maybe two sides to this coin. Some of it is you can query with AI and search to say what you're looking for. You can say, all right, well, you know, I'm looking for people who've maybe purchased things of this kind in this pattern. Can you find it? We might imagine some of that could be done without AI, but maybe some of it needs AI. The other aspect of it that maybe you're alluding to is the machine you said throwing up, bringing to bear new cohort groups that might be valuable. That seems like a really interesting and challenging problem because I could probably find, you know, within a huge set of data, a bunch of commonalities about a group, but is that going to be meaningful for how I target and talk to them? How does an AI sort of coax out groups that might be treated in a unique way to actually be monetized versus just they have something in common? Sure, sure. So the whole thing is how it's working is you're looking up individual customer, enriching the data about them. You know, not just the raw data, but also metrics about them, you know, with respect to their activity, with respect to their ID behavior, their intent, where as the raw data points are coming in, the profiles getting enriched. Think of a self-service approach for, let's say, somebody with a marketing ops team who want to look at a self-service UI of, let's say, something when you book, you know, like an airline reservation, you have all those filters running on the left. Yep, yep. And you want to say, hey, wait a minute. So I want out of my 20 million customer, I want to see who are the one whose lifetime value is $5,000, whose churn score is 50, who had visited my website in the last 24 hours, went in my store in the last three days, and has, you know, bought X product, single mom, living in Chicago, you know, you like go as deeper (laughs) and then say how many are there. Okay. And then you see end up 2,000 out of 20 million. And that's pulling a lot of data into one place, obviously, right? Totally. So just imagine the amount of speed it took for you to ask simple questions to that massive data. And you're not worried about like, hey, if you go back with the same question to your data scientist, he'll definitely take a couple of weeks, not a month, just to come back and, you know, cook this up. So when you have this fluid information enriched by each customer at your disposal yep. and you're a marketer, you want to basically talk to your data, you know, cool. you nailed it. So that's the value prop. So, so you can do those more in-depth queries, like you said, just like you're booking a flight. You say, okay, I want to arrive 
no later than 6 p.m. I'm leaving yeah. on this day, blah, blah, blah. You know, I want a one-way flight. When it comes to, like, our, the idea of clustering sort of comes to mind where machines are able to, again, find groups that have something similar. Does some of those ideas come kind of purely from the machine being let loose on the data? Or is that too open-ended of a way and there's always some bounds set by the humans when they say, go find me a cohort? How does that work? I can imagine maybe there's some so open-ended that clustering doesn't matter. Maybe it requires some instruction to find a useful group. How does that work? So the way is, because what is happening is you have the behavior data going into the machine and then the output is actioning in whatever communication or offer you're sending them. And then the machine is noticing, you know, what's working, what's not. So it's kind of a self-learning preposition. So it's an auto-tuning approach happening here in the models and, you know, the overall behavior. So just to answer you specifically, I think the interesting part is if you can look at, you know, certain, just like how we do in human based data scientists some certain hypothesis and then we articulate a sort of a recommendation because ultimately it's a one-on-one recommendation which we're doing based on what the machine is detecting it's kind of self-aligning self-correcting over the intent or over the other behavior or call to action got it so before we get a little bit into a future look on this space because clearly this is a, an area that's kind of fast developing and we're headed in a direction that might be pretty exciting to kind of make concrete i guess what you're talking about we don't have to use a brand name but we, we take an example of a customer mm-hmm. i know you guys do some stuff in the subscription space some stuff in retail what's a good example of a customer and then maybe a time or place in the real world that they might need to find new cohorts to market to Let, let's try to put some color on it so Maybe speak broadly about a type of customer and a type of situation where we use this. Sure, sure. So we already have some amazing use case. I'll give you an example of a retail situation. Cool, where yeah, retail's great. Where there's an online, offline data set, which means that there is e-commerce happening as well as, you know, there are stores. Yeah, um, that's so, you know, when you have your existing customer base and they're like going online, checking up some products, if someone wants to buy a camera, the machine is knowing or probably capturing what they've been looking up and then their journey to go to the store is being correlated in a timely way and then they went back into online so when you've been monitoring this existing let's say 10 20 million customer and you know the path to purchase usually starts online goes on the store but eventually goes back online and buy you know where to offer and when to offer and what to offer in a timely way with, without lack of time. And this is what we're sort of enabling from an individualized recommendation. So what happens is there's this existing customer who apparently did certain activity which led to us believe, but we also know him in past because we he's been performing in one of our segment or one of our cohort but based on some most recent intent data without wasting too much of time when he browsed like yesterday, we'll have an offer coming to him. And we know he's brand conscious. We know he's also price conscious for certain things. So when the offer is going to him, it's not a mass personalized offer, which is currently getting triggered in yep. so many solutions. It's very individualized. I know, you know, as a customer, this guy is a really price conscious. He doesn't care about which brand he's going to buy. He's going to get the best deal. So it 
it helps the retailer to kind of stitch it in a way that, you know, the offer which will excite him versus giving him a pound versus the other way. Got it. And of course, this is going to be really different business to business. If you're a retailer selling jewelry, you still might have pretty high price points across the board. If you're a retailer selling, you know, apparel or back to school gear or something, I mean, you're going to have another whole different bunch of SKUs and marketing strategies, customer personas and and everything else. I imagine some of the instrumentation that has to happen up front with a client in retail would be that they would have to determine different offer types. So maybe some are price conscious types where it's discount codes or, you know, bundle deals or packages. And maybe others are for really premium or rare products. And those appeal to some people. So they'd have to determine maybe types of offers. And then in real time, they've got to figure out what kinds of customers these people are and then match them to those things on the internet when they feel like those offers are going to click. Is this more or less the process? So this is a very interesting case. And this more or less has been utilized by some of the ad tech firms or in some where you like hunting customer or prospect. What we basically is thinking is for an existing customer base. Yeah. So we know their historical behavior. We, yeah, yeah, we know yeah. when they go in and around. And what you said is absolutely right. It could be like matched every now and then, depending on, you know, what's their loyalty status or how profitable they have been in past. We can do the whole behavior economics here rather than just like monitoring the behavior here and kind of differential pricing and things like that. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So I can imagine there's a, there's a good amount of instrumentation because there's no way, you know, a firm like you guys or anybody else in the world can plug into a retailer and know what kind of deals go to what kind of people. I mean, there's somebody in the marketing totally. department with the subject matter expertise that has to bake in what are the kinds of options, offers, timings that we want to work with. And then AI goes to work matching those and finding those opportunities within the existing customers. Sure. Cool. So no, you, you're so, so right. And apologize if I wasn't yeah, clear it. there, but... Initially, every time with any AI-driven product, including ours, take that initial set of time where you have to like set the rules of the engagement <laughs> sort of a thing. So once those rules are set, I'm sure they will just maintain it. So for an example, the offer could be based on you know certain types or certain business rules, which are local enough. In fact, we ourselves don't even do that. They, that's been usually done at their whatever the last mile you know, solution could be an ad tech, could be on Mark Tech, whatever they're using. When you say last mile, I mean, this could be, are we talking about like Google AdWords or Pardot or something? Or are we talking about something else? Yeah. Okay, absolutely. whatever's delivering it to the customer's yeah. face. So AI is a decisioning engine where it tells you when to trigger what coupon to which guy. Yep. Well, you can maintain up to like a lot of content orchestration based on, you know, a certain type or certain behavior, based on your behavior economics, sort of a rule engine. So cool. that's pretty standard. Well, last question to dive into now that we've gotten a little bit of an idea of, you know, what does it look like in the real world to apply AI in this area? You folks are focused on really making the most of an existing customer base, very personalized marketing. There's a big paradigm shift in this direction to really individualized promotions. And I think, you know, companies are getting closer and closer to being there. This technology is not accessible to every small business per se, but it's certainly more accessible than it was uh, four years ago. Clearly, building a company of this kind, you've got a vision of the future that you guys are going to fit into and try to fill a niche. When you think about where personalized marketing is headed, you know maybe it's farther ahead than we are today. What's going to be possible? What's going to be the norm? What is the real zeitgeist, the, the feeling in the market of where you're headed? What is that future vision of what marketing will be like that you feel like you guys have got to lead and stay ahead of? No, absolutely. And this is something 
very close to my heart as well that where does it all lead into yeah. you know chatbot have been around but you know they were creepy chatbot and they're sophisticated chatbot yeah. now but leaving aside that point i think one core reason of what we're doing and we're not we're not changing customer analytics that's the same that's it been happening all this while we're just solving the variety problem data variety problem and the volume and the time which is you know needed to process and all that so one of our biggest emphasis is on how do you leverage all your data you know of your customer because people have been leveraging only part of that data and because in enterprise you know like 70 80% of the data is kind of dark and people are not either utilizing it and especially in marketing it's a perishable data it needs to be consumed like really quickly so right now we definitely focus on that direction how i see that in the coming time how this would tremendously be awesome or the cutting edge innovation would be which is kind of started happening in packets is when you sort of blend your voice and video and text and semi structured text all in with respect to your customer so when you actually could know when a customer dial in in a call center you know why he may be calling or she may be calling in for and you know relating that insight into the same customer intelligence same emotion could be really sophisticated because you know let's be honest all our customers all the end customers are pretty omnichannel it's not the brand which are yet to be omnichannel and you know there are like more and more channels opening up so it's not just being old school new school it's just pacing up to each of those channels you never know which one gets better you know some some people like Twitter nowadays yeah, versus yeah, yeah, call yeah. center. Yep, you know, yep. there's a level you can keep up with. Maybe I'm going to try to put a finger on the dynamic that you're talking about, and you can tell me if I'm on the right page. The page you seem to be getting to is this future vision of sort of perpetual context. Whether you just tweet at us, whether you email us, or whether we're going to try to hit you on Facebook or on a website with a banner or an offer of some kind, we know your whole deal. We know what you're into, where you're at, what your last complaints were, what your last purchases were. And there's no pick up the phone and handle you without knowing exactly where you're at as a person. There's no message that gets put in your inbox without that rounded context. The idea, I guess, would never be redundant, never out of place stuff. And of course, that is a pulling all the data together problem. To solve context at all times is data merged in a way where you can always make sense. It sounds like that's the vision you're articulating. Am I on the right page? Yeah, yeah, no, you nailed it. I think I'm going back to the olden days where you have this household neighborhood store somewhere and you know him and he's Joe and Joe knows who you are and how many kids you have and all that and you know that kind of individuality rather than, you know, mass personalization. That's that'll be an awesome direction at least. That's how the human mind is kind of or you know. so it sounds like the goal of these technologies moving forward and the paradigm that you'd like to be able to stay ahead of and that you guys are obviously building a business around is this idea of sort of really nailing context for the customer at all times. In, in your case here, this isn't just for sales, but for support as well. And when you see them in the store, when you see them online, you know, like you said, whether they come in through Twitter or they call you, we should know it's this guy. Here's where he is. Here's what his complaint was yesterday. Let's see if that's still a problem. Or here were his last purchases. Let's not sell him that same thing again. So cool. I think that's an interesting vision to paint. Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially when, you know, people have multiple IDs, you know, multiple device, multiple variants. And, you know, it's not an easy problem to solve that way. But yeah, that's 
ultimately the goal. It's a good vision of pain, I think, for the audience and imagining what would that look like. I think people listening in, they know where their data is disjointed. They know where in customer service and in marketing the coherence doesn't really match up. And I think everybody will hopefully be making a step up. Certainly our audience, which tends to try to be ahead of the curve, will be making that step up in the months ahead. So thanks a lot, Avi. This was excellent. Yeah, thank you. This is exciting. That's all for this episode on the AI and Industry Podcast, where we explore the applications and implications of AI in your business or industry. And when it comes to those benefits of real insight in terms of artificial intelligence applications in business, this show is really just the tip of the iceberg. AI and Industry is produced by Tech Emergence, and over at techemergence.com, you can find actionable industry-specific coverage, including case studies, unique market research with charts and graphs, and regular coverage of the AI applications of both the hottest startups here in the Bay Area, as well as what Fortune 500 companies are doing with AI today. Everything from marketing and advertising, business intelligence, to specific industries like finance and healthcare, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay on the right side of disruption by visiting techemergence.com. And when you're there, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter on the left-hand side of the page. Uh, Most of our podcast listeners get the episodes directly to their inbox every week. You'll be joining tens of thousands of other business leaders who join us from all over the world to stay ahead of the curve of AI in their specific industry. So that's techemergence.com. I'm Dan Fagella. This is AI and Industry, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you.